0: Welcome to Atomic Geekdom's very first book club. Um, You're probably expecting to hear Dave's voice, but you get mine first off. Um, So I'm here tonight with Dave, of course.
1: Of course. Of course. No one else can read.
0: No one else can read. (laughs) Um, And we're going to be talking about our very first book club that started on May 1st, 2017 with the book, i am legion or what is it we are legion we are bob so we're going to be talking a lot about that we've got some cool stuff um throughout the podcast and we'll definitely every month we're going to start focusing on another book so we're already lining up june so get very excited um the options that are on the table well which are we we'll, going
1: i was gonna say are we gonna be able to announce it by the end of the episode or no
0: Uh, We should, yes. We can announce it by the end of the episode. Because we didn't really...
1: I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. That's Uh, okay. uh, We didn't really get much interaction, but we're definitely okay with people on Twitter joining us in the conversation. So we're going to start. Tell them how how the book club works, I guess.
0: So the book club works is we choose one book for the month. 30 to 31 days to read the book and open conversation. Um, And it's pretty cool because it's an open forum at the beginning on what books read and by popular demand, a book is chosen and we go for it. Um, always love like chatting with people online too, throughout the reading process, trying not to, you know, give spoilers cause not everybody is caught up, but it's always neat. And you'll always find some people will absolutely love the book. Some people will absolutely hate it. And then there's that in between gray area. But what I've always loved about book clubs is, the conversation, because you'll always walk away not not thinking something in a certain light or seeing it differently. I guess would be the better better thing to say. Um, but yeah, so this first one, um, it we kept it internal and it was just us group, Sarah, at Atomic Geekdom. Um We threw out some options and we went with the sci-fi book about. Um, a gentleman who basically wants to live forever. So if he dies, they'll save his body for the future and it doesn't really go as planned. So it was, it was a fun read and we're going to continue that momentum through each, each month. So we've got the book lined up for, for June. We'll post it up. Well, it should be posted by the time you're listening to this. Um, So join into the conversation, grab a copy, dive in and, We'll keep the conversation going. And then at the end of the month, we'll have the big powwow of everybody, everybody telling the yays and nays and what they loved and all that jazz.
1: The best thing about it's a free. book club is anybody can do it because libraries are free.
0: Libraries are free. Um, and what a lot of I'm surprised that a lot of people don't know this, <clears throat> but a lot of the cities now, the libraries, you can download audibles, you know, like audiobooks. You can get um, Kindle and you know, digital downloads of the books, you just have to wait in line. So you log into line and when it is, you download it and you've got, you know, a couple weeks to read it. And then when you're done, you click off and then it goes to the next person in line. So jump on it fast, get in line for the book and you don't have to pay a penny. But then we always do like to support the authors and the, uh, publishing companies too. So you can get good deals on audible and Amazon. And you know, you're, if you, if you're blessed with a local mom pop book short store, definitely go out and, and buy it, put money back into the community or but,
1: the machine that is Barnes and Noble.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Slash Starbucks.
0: <laughs> There's a, there's still some mom and pops around there, and they're awesome so and well, a lot of the book bookstores too that if they don't have it, it only takes them a week to get it so so reach out to the ones that aren't the big chains and and see what they can do for you. They're pretty cool. you usually end up meeting some really good friends that way.
1: Or if you like digital, Kindle, Amazon way you know iBooks, whatever, it's only the book we read We are Legion We are Bob is only three ninety nine on Kindle, so I mean for print it's like 10 bucks so you can't really beat a $4 book.
0: And and for like audio, you, there's so many deals out there like a dollar
1: ninety-nine. $1.99. Excuse me. Sorry for yawning. $1.99.
0: That See might that's I'm, that's uh, easy. It
1: could be because I'm Prime, but
0: hey, but yeah, there's deals out there too. So so don't ever don't ever think that you know there's excuse of not joining a book club is cuz you can't afford it because there are there are a ton of options out there that are next to none or none when it comes to cost so get out there and explore what people are doing it's it's a cool community
1: and i think our rule for the the book club is it's a book that none of us have read yeah i think that's kind of got to be the thing going in uh just to make it more interesting because it's it's easier for somebody to make excuses well i read it right i don't have to read it again and that's not fun
0: should we should we announce July now? They can find it on our site, but Well, we can do it Or June we'll now, I guess. Yeah,
1: we'll do Jump. it when we close out the episode.
0: We'll All do right, it at so the get, end. All right, so get ready cuz it is it looks fun.
1: So, and a spoiler warning. If you haven't read We Are Legion and We Are Bob and you want to read it, we're going to talk spoilers, so you know, keep that in the back of your mind, but at the same time, hopefully we can maybe sell you on it. So, if you're unsure of what this book is about, I'm going to let Jenny now tell you the synopsis.
0: All right. So the synopsis Mm -hmm. is the main character, Bob, Um, he's kind of like a Zuckerberg type guy. He has this computer company that made millions and millions of dollars. He sells it out. He takes the money, and there's this company, this corporation that you can buy into. And what they do, that in the case of your death, they preserve your body. So when science is caught up and they can bring you back to life and reanimate you, they will. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And he does. And then the big spoiler, but it's on the, the cover, so I guess it's not a spoiler, is his, he goes to a convention, much like a Comic-Con, walking across the street, he gets ran over. He dies. And he wakes up.
1: Like what? 100- days days after he does this procedure? <laughs> like,
0: like, like a week. Like he does yeah. it. He, go, he like has dinner with his family. His sister gets all mad. But he has to go because he's going to this convention. This like sci-fi convention. And he's walking across the street. And he sees the car. And everything slows down. And then it just goes black and then cuts to 100 plus years later his consciousness is woke, is awake again except he doesn't have a body anymore he is basically a computer program and the world is nothing like it was when he left it um, you know and then it, it goes through a lot of the trials and tribulations of time travel like all your family's gone you know and there, you know, everything that relates to your life no longer exists. So it touches on that aspect, but the world's at war and there's these different communities and they just keep wanting to blow each other up. So the, the company that he, or the country, I guess you would call it, that he's under, what they want to do is they want to inhabit other, other planets. In order to do that, they need to make a spaceship that then has like a 3d printer and bounce it and build it, and then continue and continue so they can find a place where they can re-inhabit and get off of Earth because they keep blowing each other up. So he's not really a person. He's a program. And, but he's got all of his thoughts still, and he figures out how to hack their system, and that's where all the craziness starts. He gets into space, he gets to travel, but everything that they, that the country put in as a safeguard He overwrites, so it can't self-detonate. And he can do whatever he wants without being controlled by them. So he's a free-for-all. He's his own standing nation. But in order to continue to travel through space and to expand, he's got to learn about what's going on with the Earth, why the Brazilians are this evil overlord of badness that wants to blow up everything and why there's so much censorship and just weird stuff like that. So in order to do that, he needs to make replicants of himself. And that's where the We Are Legion, We Are Bob, because there the book continues to get more and more bobs. And that was an aspect I would love your your two cents on this, Dave, because that was the aspect that I loved about it, is that every time he would create a new replicant, it would still be him, except it would be a sliding scale of his personality. So everything that would make him very scientific would be stronger in one replicant than the other, or like the comedian side would be stronger in the other one. And so you get these different elements of Bob throughout these different replicants um did you did you find that awesome or did you find that kind of confusing because it's all in since the same character
1: um I don't think I found it awesome uh, it was confusing and I liked the idea of just how easily you can create several hundred different characters off of one character so you have the looking at it from a writer's standpoint, it's my favorite part of writing is creating a character and coming up with their backstory and their motivations and trying to figure out as you write them through the story, how they're going to react to each situation and then how you can make them grow and change. I feel like, and maybe this is pretentious writer in me, uh, having all of them be one person, but with different personalities and, uh different extensions of the original Bob, which the original Bob is dead. Even the Bob that's left said that he's not the original Bob. It's kind of what he was going towards, but they all look at him as the original Bob because he's the only one left. And he's the first until there's more replicants. <clears throat> so he's like the the grandfather, godfather figure of all of them. Um but <sighs> It's it's weird to me that oh okay, so you have this one version that's Riker and he's very stern and very businesslike and and very very formal and you know he can joke a little bit, but he's all about getting the job done. And then there's Homer who is kinda dopey as the name suggests, Homer from The Simpsons. And you kinda go down the line, there's one named Khan, a lot of Star Trek references in these names. Um I and then there's, you know, there's ones that are just really, really dumb. Like there was one dumb one and I, I can't remember why he was dumb, but it's like I th- I'm assuming it's like making a copy of a copy.
0: Right. Um, right. It just gets that,
1: the original. gets
0: That that brings me into like, I think my biggest complaint in the book is I couldn't keep the characters straight. Like there were some significant characters like Bob, Bill and Riker, which are basically Bob one, Bob two and Bob three. They stood. They stood out from the others because they were in command. They took charge and stuff like that. But I'd include, I would. I'd get, include
1: Homer in that too.
0: I don't know though, because like like Bart had had some some influence in it, but then I got Homer mixed up with Bart, and then I then I got you know Mulder and Skinner you know started getting mixed up, and I couldn't keep them straight. Like every time there would be like a new name, like Dexter pops in or or Bender you know, is, is another Bob. I couldn't remember who they were, which one they were linked to because like Riker then had a replicate of him. So it was like, uh, what was Rik- Riker's was, um, uh, I can't remember Riker. See, this is, this is the problem I had. There's so many Bobs. Um, but throughout the story I struggled because I couldn't remember what Bob was doing, what Riker, I always remembered cause he was at war with, um, Brazil. So he was always more of like a Starfleet. Well, he was also the one
1: he was the one dealing with whoever was left on Earth, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he stood up out. The original Bob stood out because his whole idea was he wanted to find more life in the universe, which he did. And I love those stories. I love the stories between riker and the brazilians and earth you know and the the politics that go around it and i loved when um the original bob found the uh the planet of bat-faced life you know and they basically find this He the original bob finds this planet and there seems to be intelligent life on it and he starts manipulating things like he gives flint to this kid who he thinks smarter so then he the smart he becomes the smart kid because he's got fire and he get becomes and he starts sort of pushing their evolution to where it needs to be to protect them and i love those storylines um but then it would bounce into these other ones and then when when one of the bogs would get killed or would die by an accident or something I couldn't I didn't have a lot invested in them. So I almost didn't care that they died because I only followed the two characters because they had a storyline that intrigued me. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I yeah. felt I felt like I cared about several of them at the end like when the one was just kind of mistakenly like when he got kind of egotistical and and then he got attacked from both sides of the planet that he was nearing and you know was a sneak attack i don't know why i cared but i did uh i can't remember his name though um and then there was somebody Bob
0: 52 no. <laughs>
1: right Then there was somebody at the end that kind of sacrificed himself to kind of win this this all-out war at the end um against the brazilian group right uh, which
0: was replicas as well right that's right. where I got, I kept getting confused as well, well then, because on Earth, Brazil was, you know, dropping nuclear bombs all over the planet. But in space, it was the Brazilian replicant, right? Uh,
1: but I thought Bill was fighting that, too.
0: I think so. Yeah, because Bill, well, yeah, because Calvin was the one that went off to find other life, just like the original Bob, right? Bob one.
1: Yeah. But we never really heard back from them.
0: Right. So, yeah. So basically we just answered our own kind of questioning. I I wouldn't call it a complaint because it was intriguing. And, but I, I walked away from the book with, with, there were so many storylines and directions because of the various Bobs. Um, That I only had like two of the two of the storylines that I followed, and I was really intrigued with.
1: Well, that was the really um, only main two. I mean, you have what's left of Earth after a nuclear war, uh, essentially, um, where there's not many nations left, and they're all trying to decide what's going to happen. And you have you have Bob's storyline where he's beginning to, you know, he's sent out all of his replicants to find habitable worlds, and he's gone on his own search, basically, like Star Trek. Splits off in different uh, aspects of Starfleet's mission to find new worlds, uh, new cultures and stuff like that. And then also to to kind of just go out and discover the new frontier. Well,
0: what's also cool, though, about it is, is they're not human. They're robots. It's like it's the AI equivalent of Star Trek.
1: And he's but he's pursuing a goal that fits the the Earth.
0: Right, the, and, and the survival still of humanity captures the origin you know, the real life Bob before he died. Right, but it
1: seems like no matter what he's doing, even though he's not still being controlled by this company that owns him, essentially, is he's still fulfilling survival of the human race um, by going out, finding all these planets, which is the goal of Bill or uh, Riker, I should say, um, is he's trying to organize getting all of these people off world and onto these habitable planets because Earth is really no longer habitable. Um, whereas Bob is kind of doing, I don't know, whatever he wants uh, by studying this this culture with, I can't remember who he was with. Um, but yeah, and then there's all this talk about the VR that they're in and they're customizing VRs and sending them to each other, basically hacking each other's VR and adding different little Easter eggs as if they have their own Google store. And they're just adding widgets. Um, I there's a lot in there to like I can't even tell you what happened with that alien race that Bob was watching. I don't I don't know how that ended. <laughs> I can't remember.
0: <laughs> I I have that problem. Uh, see, I I remember <clears throat> more of that storyline than I do with like Riker storyline. I remember that they finally got what was it three fleets to get humans off of Earth. Um, right and one I of them
1: re- one of them was on a planet called Vulcan and the, the story pretty much ends with there are now Vulcans in the universe because there's people that live on Vulcan
0: right right um the one with the I can't remember the name he was calling the people for some weird reason but so the back- well, the animals but-
1: yeah they're not people they're animals and the only reason they talk is because he like was able to translate their language. Um, right because he's because he's a computer so
0: well because so they have like the gorilla type um, right opposition that kept killing them and he basically led them to where they can build fire where they can have a good you know basically caught taught them warfare and you know how to have the higher ground and all that um, <clears throat> and gave them what they need for survival through the winter and through you know aggression of predators but um I really I really liked that storyline. Um so I, I'm I'm curious where it goes in the next book because I found myself really liking a lot of the bobs, but not being satisfied of knowing what ends up with the bobs, you know, like because the original bob that's, you know, twisting evolution for this creature these creatures on another planet, that's gotta backfire eventually. Like there's there's nothing good that can come out of that, you know. I mean, maybe, but in my weird sci-fi mind, I'm like, that's going to go bad. And then you've got these three ships that are deploying to, you know, put life on, uh, you know, the Vulcans and all all that. I want to know what happens to that. So,
1: But then what, although, what about this other yeah. this other thing where one of them finds, like, uh, intelligent life because there's a spaceship left behind that looks a lot like Prometheus, the one from Prometheus, he said. Like right. it's just a spaceship that's left behind.
0: But it also sounded like the Brazilians got way farther mm-hmm. out into space than well, the yeah, they were they were
1: yeah, I mean they were already set up with a military presence on the one planet that just took out the one guy.
0: Right. So like I I feel like I I love I love the idea of the story, but I wish it was all of Riker's story, or it was all just about the war with the Brazilians, or it was just about the the new race of intelligent life. I I feel like um I feel like confetti in the air. Like I, I don't know where my brain needs to focus on the story and what to take away from it. But the concept I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it it starts off as a really good idea, and I just, I don't know, it's too many, like, I like books with a lot of characters, and there's the character building, and I like adventure stories where the group gets split up, um, it's a Michael Crichton thing, and it's, it's a thing done by a lot of writers, uh, where you have just a core group of characters, and they get split up to do different missions, and they have to find each other at the end, and all of these things, um, but for this i just because you're so attached to bob from start to finish it's really hard to dis- discern each other bob and remember which one's doing what and if if one's really important or if it's just a a joke for a moment and just kind of a throwaway character or you know, which which one's doing this and which one's exploring this and which one's finding primitive life? Uh, you know, I mean, the only ones I can remember in detail are the the Bob one and the Riker one, because those two stories to me were the, the main stories.
0: Yeah. And they, they were the strongest, <clears throat> I think, character development because you started to understand why they were making the decisions that they were making, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And it was interesting to see Riker realize certain aspects of his personality were... Uh, we're, we're separating him from other bobs like not letting homer make decisions i think maybe it's homer or somebody else like you know you're the one that's making all the decisions because you're supposed to be a leader even though bob's a leader but you're not taking my input into concern and we're the same person like right we, you know um it's hard to how do you you know if you're in a room with yourself and you need to decide how to survive uh, are you going to debate with yourself? Or are you going to take the other person seriously when it's yourself? Or w- how do you handle that? I mean, that's a weird situation.
0: But it's also cool for the fact that you would think that if you're arguing with yourself, you're going to come to the same conclusion because it's you.
1: Or you're, but- or you're just going to be too stubborn because you're stubborn and you're both right. stubborn.
0: Right, right. But that's what kind of makes it cool. It almost feels like a parallel universe type cool is that. Be- once the replicants are made they start experiencing things so what makes them who they are is their experiences
1: more so i would say in the next book
0: yeah yeah but you you really start to see it between bob and Riker.
1: well because um, then they start making replicants of themselves at certain points so then it's like oh, okay bob's been alive for this long and experienced all these things and his backup has as well you know what i mean Mhm. so they're they've progressed as long as he has
0: Which which was a cool idea, too, because of the whole fact that they didn't have extra hard drives to do a complete, you know, a store of themselves. So if that if their ship gets destroyed, so do they. They're gone. All their all their megabytes and all that in there is gone. So if you do a replica, they still retain what you had when they made the replica. Right. Are you cross eyed yet?
1: I'm not. No, I read the book.
0: <laughs> I, I, I liked it. I, I, I have a lot of, a lot of holes, I, I guess, in the story that, that bother me, but it intrigues me. Um, I'm curious, curious about the second book. Um, I am not, it's not one of those, I, I, I finished this one and I'm going right into it. Um, probably because my brains still a little tingled up from the first book. Um, but I'm hoping that through the books because the third book comes out I think in August um, I'm hoping that they found that um, Taylor found a way of of writing where it pulls those characters back in so there's a focus so it didn't seem like too much chaos. It, I don't know if I'm explaining that the way I want to but. That's kind of how I feel. I feel at the end of this book, I felt chaotic.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't really feel like there was a real ending. Um, but that's also because I knew there was a second book, and I think he knew that too. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't know at what point he knew it was going to be a trilogy of books. But I kind of have a spoiler because we already did the interview with him, so I know what Tone the second book has, so I'm a little more interested in that tone the way he describes it, which I won't say now because it's in the interview. Um, spoiler alert, we'd have an interview with the author of this book coming up. Sorry,
0: <laughs> um, well, let's let's jump into that because he's got some um, now that you know our point of view and you know what well, we loved and and frustrated about. Um, I think he covered a lot of really good things that I I, when we went into the interview with him. I was way more confused than when we left the interview with them. Like, Not confused with, the well, a little bit with the storyline, but more with how I felt about the book because I wasn't completely sure did I like it? Did I hate it? Was it just okay? <clears throat> I was torn because there are some elements that I super liked. I'm like, it's awesome. And then there were some elements that I was like, oh my God, I couldn't stand it. So after oh. after the interview, I think I came to more of a of a decision so to speak
1: sure so, okay yeah. I have to ask this question because it kind of just came into my head just now like okay so you have your own you've you've been through this program and you wake up as an AI and now you have this VR system where you can essentially create your own home um, they you know make yourself a body and you're just this VR with this this home right um, with a cat and whatever he had Uh what is one of the things that weird things that you would create for your VR home
0: hmm oh that's a tough one well you'd have to establish what your VR home would look like because you had some that had tree houses some bulbs had tree houses some had the deck of the enterprise um I don't know I would probably want my living room I have right now yes <laughs> I I totally would I would want my couch to lay on and I could just watch all the mayhem going on with the other bobs on my TV
1: see I would have I would have the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon but my chair would be these these clutch chairs that are these gaming chairs that I really want to buy Uh, (laughs) but they're super comfortable and I would have uh, in the back you know where the cargo area of the Millennium Falcon is would be a pool
0: I like it you go you thought this out
1: well, I drive a lot.
0: <laughs> would you, you're, so let's say you're Dave and you make a replica of Dave 2. What would Dave's two, Dave Two's name be?
1: See, but I would, when I'm making when I'm, all of these different, I would program them differently. Um, I would want them to be different people. Like if I had that kind of control over my backup. So I would add somehow... I would code in personality traits. Granted, this this guy was a software guy. Bob Johansson was a software guy. He should be able to do this kind of thing. And I think that would be kind of a cool thing to maybe add to a future Bob book. Um, but I would add, like, I would make one of the Dave replicants Han Solo or, you know, whatever, whatever I wanted uh, just to make it different.
0: Would you make a Homer as Bob did?
1: No, because Homer annoys the crap out of me. <laughs> Homer Simpson... I hate, I hate that character, the Peter Griffin of family guy and Homer Simpson of the Simpsons. Like they annoy the crap out of me. Um, I
0: was sure <clears> you were <throat> going to say that you would make Batman. You would have Bruce Wayne on one of your ships.
1: Uh, Maybe Bruce Wayne. If I had Batman, I would not be able to not take orders from Batman. I don't know. I can't order around Batman, <laughs> um, but like all the, all the cool characters that I like, there would be a Dean Winchester from supernatural uh i would make a guy that looks like the flash he obviously wouldn't be able to run well i guess it's vr he can do whatever he wants in his little vr world Um, True. you know just there'd be a Jon snow um crazy stuff i would get i would get as as peter quill said in guardians volume two i would make some weird stuff
0: well what's funny too is like you and i would go in totally different directions because you're thinking of of characters that would probably be beneficial in this universe, right?
1: Well, not even that. Just that would entertain me. Like, <laughs> it would would make my day to day existence of non existence be entertaining and give me some kind of uh, instead of talking, I would feel like I was talking to myself because there's a part of you that knows that that is me, and right. You would be like, "Oh, I'm just having a conversation with a clone of myself." It's just really weird, and it's technically I'm I'm Instagramming or I'm instant, mess- instant messaging myself, um, but it's it's you know through virtual reality and all these other crap. But in this way, if I make you know the whole cast of Buffy um, versions of myself, and I get to talk to them, and we're planning how to save the human race, that's that's a little entertaining to me.
0: <laughs> I I honestly like until you ask that I did not think of that at all and my brain is going in circles because I would be like who would be my first replicant like where who, what well, that's character thing. would I absorb or not
1: even a character but like a loved one now that is gone because you're by yourself would you make replicants based on your family
0: oh that would be rough I would say I, that one I think would be easy and I'd say no he kinda because he kind of did never you can never you he, can never
1: Right, right. He kind of did with his cat. Because
0: humans are organic, and they and the way they react to things <clears throat> is very organic. Right. You, There's no you may real know, system. you may
1: think, yeah, you may think you know your brother, but you don't know how he's going to react in a, a starship battle. Right. Um. But at the same time, he did replicate his cat. Well, he created his cat, I should say, in the in the VR world.
0: See, though. Okay. Well, that's another good question then, because like, let's say I. Re- Memphis and Miley—they're my my hound dogs. They're my boo bears. If I replicated them, would I replicate them with all the pain in the ass shit? Right. You do on a would, daily would you basis make them? <laughs> yeah. Would you make
1: them exactly the same, or would you make them perfect versions of them?
0: Uh, would I make it where, like, I'm asleep and Memphis is like tap dancing next to the bed, moaning for two hours until I get up and let him out? Would I make it where Miley, if uh, if there's fireworks, she just walks right in front of me, sits down, and pisses all over the place so I'm right. like, the the problem is, is like no why would i ever do that but the reason i love them so much is because every freaking day is an adventure that i have no clue what's going to happen
1: right right well here's this this no. is a, this is a question since this is a thing he did there's there's a system called guppy which is basically like the little paper clip that shows up on microsoft word um it's basically like siri uh for him um, it helps him with his day-to-day tasks and things like that, and he controls it, but he has it so that it can't read their mind. So like it's part of the program that can't read the other part of the program essentially. Mm-hmm. And he makes it into Admiral Akbar. Um, what would you what would your guppy be?
0: Ooh. Volton from Flash Gordon <laughs> Hawk man totally because <laughs> I would just want to hear him laugh like anything I tell him to do he'd go, he'd ah, ha, ha,
1: ha, ha. <laughs> that would be weird like why would he laugh at you
0: <laughs> because he laughs at everything have you not seen Flash Gordon
1: I have like, but
0: the Baron would tell him the Baron would be like we need to save him and he'd go ah, ha, ha, I will save him <laughs> you know like it's just stupid I, I would totally do that
1: I guess alright I guess Mine yeah. would, mine's a toss up either between K2SO because you needed a robot with attitude um or, oh man, I would go with maybe Giles because he's British uh, for Buffy.
0: Oh, Giles would be a good one because he'd keep you in line, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah going <clears throat> back a little bit, though, back to the sort of synopsis of the book, that was one cool little element that I, I really liked that the author put in there is as things progressed guppy started getting a little bit of a personality like the ai was writing itself so fast that it was picking up its own little nuances which i thought was pretty cool
1: sarcasm and a little bit of wit
0: yeah the rolling of the eyes
1: right right all right
0: so yeah i i like that
1: so should we go to the interview
0: yeah yeah let's let's uh let's well, listen to tell, to tell. our buddy over there who wrote this
1: yeah to introduce him Just
0: his little... name oh yeah well of course <laughs> uh Dennis E. taylor um take a listen we'll talk a little bit more after the interview because he does a really good job of talking about where he got his start and how this all came about which is pretty cool cool little story so here's our interview with Dennis E. taylor
1: All right, joining us today in our very first book club episode is the author of the book that we read for this book club. Uh, We read We Are Legion, We Are Bob, and it's written by Dennis E. Taylor, and he joins us now. Dennis, thanks so much for taking some time with us. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, So, whenever we we have a guest on any of our shows, um, we we have uh we used to have just one now we have three kind of mandatory questions that we ask uh the person and it's kind of just meant to break the ice and the tension and just kind of relax um so the first one we've asked every single guest we've ever had on the podcast and that's what what do you geek out about like what what is uh we call it what's your geek cred but like what over the you know your life have you been very geeky about um you know be it comic books sci-fi video games that kind of thing
2: um Well, I'm a science nerd. I've always been a science nerd. Um, I've been reading science fiction all my life. Uh, I was very much into electronics in high school. I actually was intending to get into that uh, for a full time job. Uh, I did astronomy when I was a teenager, half built my own telescope. Um, just about anything science-related geeks me out. The whole Jupiter and Saturn thing that's going on right now, mm-hmm. that's just amazing. Um, video games I'm not so, uh, I don't know, addicted to, except sure. for civilization. Okay. Um, which is more of a relaxing thing than anything else. hmm But, yeah, there you go. Science in general. <laughs> Perfect. Also, also, I'm a hardware nut.
1: Oh, Okay. All right. Um, And kind of based on the book that we're going to talk about, I kind of catered a question for you. Do you have a favorite planet while you were growing up?
2: Uh, Mars, I think. Mars, That always seemed to be the the best chance for life. I mean, at one point, they actually thought that um, they could see, you know, plants uh, growing and waning in the spring and fall. Turned Mm. out to be dust storms. Oh,
1: well. (laughs)
0: Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. All right, Jenny, you want to ask the third one? I, or I could.
0: But go for it. <laughs> okay. you've, got, you've got the announcer voice today.
1: Uh, uh, and then because we're a geek podcast, we always ask, what do you think the worst superpower would be? The worst superpower? Yeah.
2: Um, well, uh, Oh, what was that British... A British show. Um, uh, it's uh, it's escaped me now, but a, mm-hmm. a bunch of um, British kids who are um, on some kind of work release program get caught in some kind of cloud burst, and they get all kinds of weird powers. Um, one of the girls had a power where she, if she touched anybody, they went into an uncontrollable sexual rage. Uh, I would
1: think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Misfits. You're talking about misfits.
2: Misfits. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. And my brain had gone blank. Not enough coffee yet. <laughs> yeah, um, it's early. <laughs> any, anyway, I think any kind of power where where you can't touch people
1: mm-hmm.
2: would be bad. Um, that and the fart power in um, <laughs> <laughs> in uh, that movie with, uh, oh, my God, my brain is really switched <laughs> off this morning.
0: Mystery man.
1: Mystery man, yeah. Yeah, that's what uh, I figured you Yeah. Uh,
0: I feel I feel so much better though. I'm usually I'm usually that person who's like, That one movie, you know what the one yeah. woman that did that one thing. <laughs> that's, that's me in pretty much every podcast trying to get it off the tip of my tongue. Yeah, so no I, worries.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I have a really bad case of I don't know if you want to call it tip of the tongue or a staircase wit or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I I can never find the right word when I need it when I'm talking. <laughs> it's one of the reasons why I hate talking on the telephone, actually.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah. Um, all so, right. Go ahead, Jenny.
0: Oh, I was gonna ask. So this this was our first book club this this month, and I've been pushing these guys for a couple years now cuz I'm I am an uber book nerd. I always have a book I'm reading and a book I'm listening to. Um, and we and we were dividing it up a bit. And I did the audio um, this round for We Are Legion. And I'm just curious like when you go into or when you sell um, you sell your book, your writing. Does does the idea of the audio are you a part of like how it's developed, like the actors that get cast or is it pretty much in the back spectrum like how does that come about um, the, the actor did an amazing job on, yeah. the, on the audio.
2: Yeah I, I got to admit uh, I lucked out incredibly well uh, getting Ray Porter doing it. Um, as far as your question is concerned you, you have to realize this was my first pour into the world of publishing so it's all new to me. Um, my agent shopped around Legion and I um, We got a bite from um, Steve Feldberg over at audible.com, and not much interest from any of the traditional print publishers, which uh, pissed me off a little bit, but what do you do? But meanwhile, Steve uh, not only liked the book, but he had a a ton of development editor-type suggestions for it, which were really good suggestions, and I implemented them, and the book ended up a lot better for that. But um, I had listened to a, a couple of audiobooks uh, while all of this was going on, because it, the whole idea of, of audiobooks just hadn't occurred to me. Um, up to that point, that was the beginning of 2015, 2016, 2016 I was um, strictly a, you know ebook and print. Mm-hmm. So I, I was quite surprised to find out how popular Audible, uh, audiobooks are. I actually had to get my daughter to uh, bring me up to date on that. Um, So anyway, I listened to a couple and I had some opinions on um, voice actors and stuff like that, but I had never heard of uh, Ray Porter and I hadn't happened to get one of the books that he does, so I didn't know anything about him. So when they assigned him to me, I was just thinking, "Who? Yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's see how it works. And... uh, then he did it, and it was just fantastic.
0: I, I think right after I downloaded the audio, I think the first text that I sent to uh I sent to Dave was it's Ray Porter. I'm I'm a huge fan of Jonathan Mayberry, so he does the whole Joe Ledger series. So it took me the first chapter to like get his his voice out of Joe Ledger mode. And into Bob mode, but I was so giddy. I I, I must have sent five texts going. I'm so excited! It's Ray Porter. Like he's he's definitely a staple when it comes to great, especially in the sci-fi world. He's done he's done a few. He did a book called 14 that was really good too as audio. But I if he's the if he's the reader, I'm in. He's awesome. Yeah. So definitely won the lottery there. He's great.
2: Yeah. Well, I heard him. Uh, uh, I listened to him do the fold first that was that was the first oh. book that i listened to it's and it's a great book yeah it was a good book and and it was you know obviously ray did it <laughs> um and i after that i thought hey this could work a little
1: hope there <laughs> right yeah
0: yeah and, and ray is now bob you yeah, know, I don't think I right. could I, I don't think I could hear Bob or any of the mini Bobs be anything other than his voice which it just naturally just goes in I started um I got the ebook of the second book and as I'm like you know going through the first chapter it's all I hear is his voice which is which is cool it's it's a, definitely a win it,
1: Yeah, it's funny to hear yeah. him do the the Homer voice or the Admiral Akbar. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Akbar just just kills me um I actually feel a lot like Bob when he does the Akbar voice because I want to just roll on the ground laughing. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> it kind of delves into like a little Sean Connery a little bit sometimes, but then it comes. Then I'm like, nope, that's Akbar. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so. Uh was something I was gonna say. Oh yeah. Uh, I have listened to a couple of audiobooks where, and I'm not gonna name names because <laughs> I don't want to start carping on other authors and stuff, but I have listened to a couple of audiobooks where I've been less than thrilled with the with the narrator. Sure. And uh, it's it's so much the luck of the draw, it's so much a flip of a coin. I could have gotten somebody like that. And I'm not sure if Legion would have been anywhere near as popular.
1: I mean, I have no problem naming names because of the books are so good, but the Game of Thrones audiobooks are tough to listen to. Um I've tried because I'm in the car more than I'm at home reading and I want to get through those books for, you know for the TV show and man the the books are hard to concentrate on uh the audiobooks um
0: And the books are so well done too like the story's amazing but yeah the, I agree with you I I tried to do the first book and I moved back to the paper whereas like
1: that one. yeah yeah whereas like this one um I did the Martian audiobook um I also did the the two um Oh shoot! I can't remember the names. Uh,
2: uh, we've all got it. We've all got it. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> uh, ready, ready player one and Armada by Ernest Klein and Will Wheaton does those, and those were you couldn't stop listening to those. Yeah, um,
2: I, I like Wheaton's work. Um, I've listened to him on on Lock In and the Dispatcher, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm currently just starting on Red Shirts. Oh, um, yeah. Will does great great work.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. So. You know, you said this is your first foray into like the publication side of things and everything. Have you always wanted to be a writer?
2: Um, I'm going to commit heresy, or heresy, sorry, <laughs> not heresy. <laughs> oh God, it sounds like I'm reading from a script. Um, no, I'm I'm going to commit heresy right now and say that uh, I it never even really occurred to me hmm. to try uh, writing a book before. Uh, mid 2014 and that was as much on a dare as anything else wow yeah I um, I've I've told this story several times but it I just think it's so funny that that I keep (laughs) telling it and uh, probably everybody else thinks it's boring by now but yeah anyway um, I would I um, had just bought a uh, Samsung tablet and discovered Kindle and was downloading and buying books like crazy, especially the free books, um, Amazon's Top 100 free and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And there was this one science fiction story, and again, I'm not going to name names. It was terrible. (laughs) It was terrible. I mean, the author had apparently just written stream of consciousness and then uploaded it as is oh wow it was yeah it was it was terrible and i i metaphorically slammed my tablet down because <laughs> i didn't want to break it um and said you got to be kidding i could write better than this and my wife said well do it oh and so I just sat down and, and I've had a couple of ideas in my head for a long time. And I flipped a coin, uh, tried one of them, and that was Outland.
1: Okay. And I wrote it
2: and it seemed to work. I mean, it's it's not a great book, but people seem to be able to read it all the way through, which is something, I guess. Sure. And uh, suddenly I found I had the bug. Okay. And that's it.
1: I, that, hey, that works. Uh, a dare from the wife. You got to do it then.
2: Yeah.
0: That's right. <laughs> oh, so can you tell us a little bit more about Outland for those that aren't familiar with? It?
2: Well, the um, one of the things I wanted to try was was a mashup. Um, most novels tend to be very single concept. You know, you you either have a spaceship or you have a wormhole or you have. Uh, zombies, or you have an apocalypse of some kind, or you have an invasion. It's one thing. I I thought it'd be nice to see what would happen if you got two things together. So you have uh, parallel dimensions, you know, scientists building a portal, combined with end of the world with Yellowstone uh, blowing up. So I just I just mashed them together, and I said, "Well, what would happen if uh, you got a bunch of people playing around with this uh, parallel world thing, and all of a sudden they have a real reason to need it and that's really what it's about. Uh, Yellowstone blows its top, and everybody has to cross over the portal to an alternate earth.
0: Awesome. You had me at portals that that's <laughs> definitely my that's definitely the thing that I'm obsessed with lately like and there's been so many good books that have come out over the years that. Take that like alternate universe or the parallel universes or or just the time like division. That's awesome. So very cool. Okay, I know what's going on my list next. (laughs) (laughs) Like
1: you need more things for your list.
0: Hey, I I know I get I, I go through about a I, I always have a book I'm reading and a book I'm listening to because I live outside of L.A. So I am in the car more than I'm with family or <laughs> or anything else. So audiobooks are definitely my saving grace. Um, but then I always like I have to have a book where you can dog ear the pages and crack the spine like it's it's a guilty pleasure. But um, that's why like when we were doing this book club, I was like, OK, we need something that's sci-fi you know like because you know we're throwing out ideas of horror genres or sort of the monster genre it's like a werewolf or vampire and i was like, let's let's do you know we came to the consensus of let's do sci-fi and i'm going through books and the whole idea of this book of going you know what was it a hundred and some years into the future from the time you died um and being enslaved i was like okay this this sounds awesome And I'll admit, when I got into the book, it wasn't what I was anticipating. I thought it was going to be more of a book about um, this enslaved Bob in a futuristic world. And it's so much more than that because he's definitely not a slave. Like, he, he is the ruler you know when it comes down to it um, so I guess my question to you is Is when you're approaching a storyline lo- like this you've, you basically have a cast of characters that are all the same character how do you how do you start to differentiate how do you start to give characteristics that separate Bob from Bill or Bill from you know Bart R- Riker. or Calvin yeah. you know Riker yeah Riker was my favorite by the way I'm yeah. just throwing it out there
2: yeah. well uh, to be honest, one of the uh, suggestions that Steve Feldberg made to me was that I should differentiate my characters. Um, initially, they were just clones of Bob, and they were all – it was like a big Bob fest, <laughs> all of them speaking to each other in the same way. And uh, Steve said, now, you got to differentiate them, make them more individual. So I started thinking of ways I could do that, and uh, – figured I could tie it in with the names, you know, to a certain extent anyway. Uh, obviously, Homer and, and Riker uh, go along with their their namesakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Mario, he, there's no relationship between Mario and a curmudgeon. Uh, <laughs> that's just the way I decided to make them in order to make them different.
0: Well, in and, and all... I'll say this too, what I liked about that part of the character development is it still was the same character. It's kind of like when I do reflections of myself, it's like, yeah, on one aspect, I am a super nerd, I just go crazy, and then on the other aspect, I have to completely, I'm the opposite. So depending on the day the situation, my personality tends to adapt to the environment. And I like that every one of the bobs still had that initial bob from the beginning of the book except an extreme of it, you know, the extreme shut-in or the extreme comedian. But they still had the other aspects. They weren't just so much as the forefront, um, which I thought was a really cool way to start differentiating and, and spe- you know, specifying the characters. Um, did yeah. you... Oh go ahead, go
2: ahead. Uh, oh, sorry, it's, it's sort of a and d thing, you know, uh, you take one Bob, you crank up his intelligence by one point and his charisma down by one, kind of thing and see what you end up with. Um, you're just playing with the sliders on the personality definitions a little bit.
0: Yeah, and it, it's amazing how how that changes in the scheme of things, you know, cuz when you're reading the story, you realize that the original Bob would not make the same decisions as Riker. They would they would go in completely different paths, confronted with the same obstacle. Yeah. Um, did you, in writing this, did you have a Bob that you that you liked the most? Like you could totally go out and have a beer with Bob if Bob was not a computer system now. Well, I
2: I, I think I made the original Bob um, somebody that I would like to hang out with just. By default, I mean, he is the protagonist and uh, I wanted him him to be a sympathetic character. And the best way to do that is to make him somebody that I would like. So, you know, at least I'm going in that direction. Um, Some of his, some of the clones, I might be less uh, inclined to hang around with. But, uh, you know, it's it's subtle flavors, right? I, I mean, I haven't made anybody a psychopath yet or anything like that.
0: Well, that's probably a good thing <laughs> um so now, like since we are just on book book one, um can you give us a sneak peek of what we can look to going into book two and then definitely hype up book three because I was just reading um that's expected out this summer, correct? August eighth awesome. All right. So, what can we expect going with the continuations? Because there were so many great storylines set up in the first book with the um, the planets of um, the aliens. I like calling them the aliens, but how um, outside forces can you know basically alter the way that their evolution is going? Um, great story. Then you've got the military, you know, strategic stuff with the Brazilian armies and things. Um, there's all these things that started off awesome and I'm excited to see where they go can you sneak peek us for book two and then like I said definitely hype us up for book three
2: well in book two uh, one of the bobs discovers romance (laughs) Uh, boy meets girl boy loses girl boy gets girl back kind of thing or in this case replicant (laughs) Uh, there the second book is a little darker uh, it's kind of like the the original Star Wars trilogy thing, you know, where the Empire Strikes Back, it, it mm-hmm. got really dark and, and things did not go well for them and, <clears throat> excuse me by the end of of the second movie, of course, everybody was in trouble one of them was frozen, the other had his hand cut off and so on forth and so forth um, yeah the, the Bobs are not in a good place by the end of book two, it's um, it's, it's ramping up the tension for, for book three um I will say this about book three: it does wrap up all the major storylines, um, doesn't leave you any cliffhangers. So this is a, a true trilogy in that, you know, book, at the end of book three, you should be satisfied with, with mm. where everything ends up. Um, not to stay, not to say that I'm not leaving storylines open. I mean, this is such an open-ended universe. I
0: like it. Um. So are you working on anything new outside of the Bob universe? Uh,
2: right. This very moment I'm doing edits for Singularity Trap. Um, again, uh, edit notes from Steve. Um, I'm hoping to have that done sometime, say, the end of June, just, just to throw a, a, a date out. And then um, that one is going to be... Uh, audible only for four months that was the contract that i signed they Mm. kept throwing money at me until i agreed to it so (laughs) (laughs) there you go what a problem Uh, yeah yeah so audible and and two other books uh to be named in the future uh will be exclusive to audible for the first four months before they come out in ebook and and paperback um at the same time i'm going to or right after that anyway I'm going to be re-editing Outland Uh, as I mentioned it was my first book it was a valiant effort on my part but (laughs) I I read it now and I cringe and um, I'm having it critiqued on Scribophile right now and getting a lot of good suggestions and so forth. And I'm I'm not going to rewrite it, but I'm going to massively re-edit it. It'll be the same storyline, same characters and so forth, but I'll work more on their motivations and uh, a little more conflict and stuff like that. A
1: little fine-tuning?
2: Yeah, a lot of fine-tuning. Okay. And then I'm going to write the – well, continue writing the sequel, Earthside, which is about a third to half written right now. But again, you know, I'll, I'll put some more – um effort into it to 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 bring it up to date and after that after that i'm open after that i have to think up another idea
1: right <laughs> speaking of that um, i wanted to i'm um, gonna i'm gonna interrupt jenny she's steamrolling me here um, i know i know i'm, I'm no, uh, please have at it speaking of that i wanted to know the inspiration for we are we are legion um where did that come from i kind of Feel like you, you mentioned civilization that maybe that had a little bit to do with it, but I could be wrong.
2: Well, the thing about um, civilization and Civ three, play the world that I play, by the way, um, it's it's an interesting thing. There's different ways you can win at the game. You know, you mm. by conquering, by getting into space first, um, diplomatic victory, which I never figured out. Um, Myself and my brother-in-law, Dave, play civilization the same way. We immediately start building ships and scouts and go off and start trying to find all the land, Um, you know, rather than trying to beat up all the other civilizations and stuff like that. And I think that's a it's a mindset. It's Mm -hmm. a mindset thing. So Legion follows that same uh, same mindset. Bob is a bit of a loner. He's the type of person who would go out and explore rather than get into fights with people. Um, he just wants to be on his own, you know, read in the backyard kind of thing. Um, he, he's a loner. Mm-hmm. He's, he's He prefers to avoid too much human contact. Uh, he doesn't mm-hmm. like the drama. Um, he just he has this curiosity driving. Okay. So, uh,
0: um, With, cause you, you've been busy the last couple of years. Um, are you, do you have any like book signings or convention presents that you're going to be showing up at?
2: Well, as a general statement, I want to do that. Uh, specifically, I don't have any plans. It's yet. Uh, it's a little more complicated for me because I'm in Canada. So, uh, for any of the major American ones, obviously, I uh, have to go across the border. Um, that wouldn't have been a big deal in the past, but with the political situation right now, it, mm. it's, it's something you have to actually have at the forefront of your consciousness. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not a member of one of the, the groups that, that uh, they're targeting, but still, you know, you always have this...
1: You just never know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it it makes sense because we've seen, especially over the the last six months, you know, things like South by Southwest and um, different music festivals like Coachella and stuff. A lot of the musicians have had a hard time because the visas weren't exactly right or, you know, that used to work fine now no longer work. So that makes total sense. It's it's a paperwork nightmare.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, on the fiscal end of things, the Canadian dollar right now sucks compared to the U.S. dollar. So everything would be a third more expensive mm. than than how you would see it. Right. right. Um, although I'm being paid in U.S. dollars as well, so <laughs> I guess it <the> nets out.
0: <laughs> well, we'll have to we'll have to get some some rallying up of the fans because it would be great to see you out and about to one on one. It's always great with the, with the various artists.
2: Yeah, well, I definitely want to go to a, a comic con and and uh, a couple of things like that. I, I want to see what the the
1: what did I call it a gyrating ball of crazy actually <laughs> looks like.
0: <laughs> that is exactly we, it.
1: <laughs> we go to a lot of cons and cover them. That's exactly the definition. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, that is like that is dead on. Exactly it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um so my last question for you before i ask you kind of like you know your social media and stuff like that if fans want to get in touch with you or anything like that if you want to let them um would be so you personally would you do what bob did would you become a corpsicle uh basically would you you know if you had the money you know would you kind of back up your brain type of thing oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah there you go that was easy
0: well <laughs> <laughs> I had this whole debate about that, and I was like, I don't know. It sounds like a good idea, but then I don't know. I'd have to have a lot of disclaimers in that contract. <laughs> but I like that you are just like, yes, let's do it. <laughs>
2: well, it's it's. there's not really any downside to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if, they, if I don't get revived, I'm no worse off than if I didn't do it. Right. Um, if I get revived, but it isn't me um, – I'm still no worse off, uh, you know. It's like, why not do it if you have the money?
1: Yeah,
0: I like it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's sort of a, a humanistic version of Pascal's wager.
0: hmm Really, it's a good way to look at it.
1: Yeah, I would I would do it. Uh, you know, pretty much in a heartbeat. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, Dave the Corpsicle. Yep.
1: pretty that's much your new Pretty much already <laughs> already a thing uh, <laughs> okay so uh, again I want to thank you so much for taking some time with us um, this is only half of the episode the other half actually the, the third member of the podcast is reading it as well we're going to talk about the book and everything like that so that's going to be coming up in the next few seconds um, but uh, I wanted to thank you so much for being a part of this and this is our first book club podcast so uh, thank you and um, uh, thank you for a good story too I mean what a way to launch it off you're welcome. Um, so, if anybody wants, you know, fans uh, of yours want to get in touch with you, is there a way to do that? Like Twitter or anything like that, or?
2: Well, I am on Twitter, um, and there's my Facebook page, Dennis E. Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of obvious when you pull it up. I'm right there with a spaceship in the background. <laughs> uh, so, Twitter, Facebook, and my uh, my webpage, uh, dennisetaylor dot org. And that you do it.
1: Okay. I'll put all of that in our show notes so people can easily find it and uh, find you. And I'll put links to all your work, too, so people can find that pretty easily, Um, including the book that we're doing. Um, Again, I can't thank you enough. This has been a fun conversation. Great. All right. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
0: And there you have it. I... I love that interview because how, how awesome is it to have your wife just go, well, you can do better. (laughs) You know,
1: just throw you, throw you the gauntlet.
0: Yeah. You know, and just motivate. Um, so yeah, so you've got, if you are intrigued with this book and such, you've got some options. So there's the second book that's out third books coming out in August. Um, and then he has the other book you can read his very first book. Um, Which I I like the idea of that first book. Um, So yeah, very cool guy. Super excited to see what he does coming coming out, and intrigued of how this story goes. If um, if we get so many bobs that we can't keep bob straight, or if we start focusing on the bobs we really, truly, truly love. Which I like that concept. So
1: well, the second book um, is called "For We Are Many." That's the second book of the Bobiverse. So, and you can also get that on the Kindle for
0: 4.99. Nice, um, and the audios are awesome. Um, you guys have heard me rant and rave, but Ray Porter—he does all the Joe Ledger books. He does awesome. He, he took me a little while to not think of Bob as Joe, but thumbs up. So, audio, digital download, um, paperbacks at your local bookstore. Um, definitely reach out if it's if it's your cup of tea. It's it's a fun sci-fi. So, um, but yeah. So Dave, your two cents. Would you recommend this, and how would you recommend this to somebody that is looking for a book?
1: Um, I would have a hard time recommending it to just a casual reader. I would have to be a sci-fi nerd. Um,
0: how would you How would you sell it to them?
1: um it's a book uh pretend you and millions of you uh are fighting an intergalactic war and finding new planets for the human race to survive on
0: that's a good one i i'm in the same boat where i would say i couldn't recommend this to everybody but if somebody's just like "Ah, i don't know what i i want to read i want something fun um I'd be like, you know, it's it's a fun book. It it really is a fun book, um, and I think the way I'd sell it is, is just that it's multitudes of bobs trying to save the world without being on the world, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I I would I would recommend it, but it would be a very specific audience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Cool.
0: All righty. Um, so thumbs up.
1: <laughs> yes. It was, it was a good book. It was confusing for sure. But it doesn't make it a bad book.
0: No, no. And it's one of those two that I think if I read it again, I would probably take more out of it because I spent so much time through the first read trying to figure out who I was reading. You know, like, is it is it Bob one? Is it Riker? You know? So I have a feeling and knowing just kind of the, the background of each story. If I, if I read it again, I would probably take a lot more out of it. Well,
1: I think book two is probably going to be easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like as the, as this book progressed, it got a little more of, it found its way, I guess would be the best way to describe it. So he
1: said it himself. This is like his second book.
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, as he's finding his footing, I think we definitely see it get better and better. So and as he said in that interview, the concept of the second book, that's right down my alley. So I'm intrigued. Totally intrigued. So, yay. Book club number one. (laughs) Woohoo! We did Uh, it. Yeah. All right.
1: And then so, the structure will kind of change as we go along. Cause we're still, this is the only the first episode of this yes. type of podcast that we're doing. Um, so tell people what they can expect from future ones and what you have in mind as far as people who are on the show with you.
0: So future ones, we're going to be pulling in mm-hmm. guests coming in on out because a lot of us here at Atomic Geekdom, we have pretty similar views, even though we're in constant argument with each other. Um, There'll be some AG people on here, but we're going to bring in some guests, um, some avid readers to also join in, um, and just get a completely different look on the books as we read them. So going into June, um, the, the votes are in and we're going to go with The Name of the Wind. Um, it's a book, it's, it's part of the Kingkiller Chronicles by Patrick Rothfuss, I believe is how you pronounce his name, um, and it was chosen because there's a lot of talk of it becoming a TV show, and the reviews on on Amazon and on Barnes and Noble, very few dislikes, um, four to five stars pretty much throughout. So, and it's a it's a little bit older. It came out in um, 2009, except it's a series, so there's newer books that are coming. And with the idea of a show starting up, it's a really good time to revive it and get people excited because um, you gotta love it when the shoe comes out and you're like that was a book I didn't know that was a book
1: <laughs> so, get ahead
0: of it. so pretty excited about it so basically um I'm, I should find you the summary of it that would probably help um, it's more <laughs> of like the it's considered more of a fantasy type sci-fi and I don't have the the summary. I am not. I am not prepared.
1: The Amazon so. summary goes like this. Uh, my name is Kavath. I have stolen princesses back from sleeping Barrow Kings. I burned down the town of Trebon. I've spent the night with Felurian and left with both my sanity and my life. I was expelled from the university at a younger age than most people are allowed in. I tread paths by moonlight that others fear to speak of during day I have talked to gods, loved women, and written songs that make the minstrels weep. You may have heard of me. And it says, so begins a tale unequaled in fantasy literature. The story of a hero told in his own voice is a tale of sorrow, a tale of survival, a tale of one man's search for the meaning in his universe, or search for meaning in his universe, and how that search and the indomitable will that drove it gave birth to a legend.
0: Rock on. So, yeah. So that is what we're diving into. So if you want to be a part, pick up a copy. Um, like we said earlier, you can find it pretty much anywhere.
1: George R. R. Um, George R. R. Martin says of Patrick Rothfuss, he's bloody good, this Rothfuss guy. Lynn <laughs> manuel Miranda says, I just love the world of Patrick Rothfuss.
0: I think he's actually signed on as one of the creative directors for the show. But I couldn't find exactly what network was picking up the show. But it's in it's in discussions. Um, so yeah, awesome, woo! So get a copy, start reading. Um, hit us up on on Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook. Uh, try to keep it a little bit spoiler free until we actually have the discussions. But get the conversation going um we'll pull you in we'll we'll tap you and stuff in the conversation and we'll see how we all end up at the end
1: and you can email us too if you want to put a little more in-depth thought thought into it or facebook um and maybe we'll give away the second book to people that really get into it
0: Ooh, look at there that right there is worth reading the first book you don't gotta worry about the second one if you're the winner
1: uh digital format of the book by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, you gotta have an iPhone, an iPad, or a computer. <clears throat> um so yeah, thank you guys. I have been really excited to get everybody on board with doing a book club because I go through books like there's no tomorrow, but I never have those you know, I never get these opportunities to chat and just sitting here going back and forth with you, Dave, I'm like, Rock on, you know? <laughs> it's it's fun. So uh,
1: I might need to take more notes when I read.
0: No, I, I don't even think you need to go. I think that the points to talk about are the points that stick with you. And if it's a good book, you're going to know what you want to talk about, you know?
1: Sure. Uh, But yeah, I guess when I like to talk about a TV show, like for a review, I make notes. So maybe that's why my brain wasn't working right.
0: You're a nerd. Well, uh,
1: (laughs) a perfectionist.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm more casual. I get, I'm through this entire conversation i'm like what were the damn names of those bat creatures on that planet my, I I,
1: but my ipad is so far away from me i would have looked it up and i couldn't find it anywhere on oh, a, in any you. Oh,
0: i can't find it on anything and and it's so funny it's i keep the wanting to say valerian funny. what is it
1: I, I keep wanting to say valerian but that's the name of a new movie
0: right right it's it's the moment somebody says it to, uh-huh. I'm going to just like, I'm going to hate myself. I'm just going to be like, I knew that. But it's
1: not like one of the names you would have expected him to make for these things. Like Yeah,
0: it was like plions or something well, like, or some, like that.
1: Yeah, it's not something from pop culture that I that I recognized, at least.
0: Right, right. <laughs> so, like I would have called yeah, them
1: Hyruleans.
0: Yeah, that would have been a good name. That's, I, I They should have just been called Batface People, but that's, that's my name for them is the Batface People.
1: And the Ape Things.
0: And the ape things, yep.
1: The gorilloids. That's what he called them.
0: The gorilloids. Thank you for at least remembering that one because I didn't have that either. I had a hard enough I think I was too busy trying to remember all the bobs.
1: What did he name the one the one that he was like obsessed with? <sighs> See?
0: <laughs> I know.
1: It's it's like a like a Greek name or something like that. I can't remember.
0: Let's see if I can. Yeah. Read the book. Let me know because maybe Dave's right. Maybe we should. uh, Maybe we should take notes.
1: Especially if
0: there's a ton of characters. But
1: I have a feeling this other one's going to be a little easier on that.
0: Yeah. Especially since it's in the. uh...
1: What's the name of the book again?
0: The book is called The Name of the Wind. It's uh, book one of the King Killer Chronicles.
1: There you go. And it's
0: just day one. Go get so it. I'm assuming book two is day two. <laughs>
1: that's, a, that's a long day. I don't I don't see the page number here. but uh, <laughs> And yes, that's written by Patrick Rothfuss. And then go get uh, We Are Legion, We Are Bob. Go get it. Yes. Read it. Tell us what you think of it. Yep. Let us know how dumb we are for not remembering names.
0: And keep the conversation going because, like I was saying earlier, it's so interesting when somebody brings something to light that you didn't think of it can completely change your whole point of view of the book. So
1: there you go. go. This is, this is Jenny's idea, her show. So that's why she's leading it and doing all that stuff. But I will do the outro for everybody because I know she forgets all these things. So
0: you're the pro man. You're the pro. I'm just here for a show.
1: (laughs) Uh, over 100 episodes so i should have this stuff memorized anyway (laughs) thank you very much for listening to this podcast if you liked it uh tell your friends join in the conversation you can find us on facebook twitter instagram youtube at uh atomic geekdom i almost said ringside geeks and i almost do atomic Geekdom when i host ringside geeks it's the worst thing in the world uh when your brain stops working at Atomic Geekdom is uh, where you find us on all the social media stuff. Um, again check out YouTube We just posted the Weed and con stuff that Jenny and Patrick went and did and the website is now littered with movie reviews and uh, there is an article by Johnny uh, of the Just two pals written about Wonder Woman and I know what you're thinking you're rolling your eyes and you're saying another man telling me how Wonder Woman was but it's not It's a heartfelt piece about Wonder Woman in in his family. Uh, he has a daughter, and he's been hoping, against hope, to find a movie version of a character that she can look up to and she can admire the way he does for the Flash and other characters. And um, he just he's happy that she's excited about going to see this movie and that she enjoyed it so much and that she's really getting into strong female characters and not just kind of glomming onto the things he likes. But that's part of what a child does too. But she she needs something she can relate to, and she can't really relate to all these men heroes. Now she has Wonder Woman. So that's the basic gist of his article. Go check that out. Tomeking.com. We also have a, a movie review of Alien and Covenant by Patrick. Um, we have a, a very long article written by Randy of the Just Two Pals chronicling all of the Zelda games, and he ranks them from in the top 15. Uh, again, it's very long. Um, we also have a review of Wonder Woman written by a man, by Justin, but it's very good. Uh ladies there's no need to discriminate against who writes the review he gives it good reviews so don't hate on him um yeah tons of stuff new content all over all over atomic so head over there and check out all that stuff and again thank you for listening jenny say goodbye to everybody
0: rock on people rock on and read
1: (laughs) that's right
0: that's right peace out